Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Unqualified with your host, Anna Ferris. Chris Sullivan was born July 19th, 1980 in Sacramento, California. Ooh, grad- wait, wait, wait. I like where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. Could we do uh, like a little bit of Dateline? Oh, Keith. You know, like oh. you might be murdered. Chris Sullivan was born July 19th, 1980 in Sacramento, California. He graduated from Loyola Marymount with a B.A. in theater. He currently stars as Toby on the NBC drama This Is Us. For this role, Sullivan was nominated for the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Drama Series in the Year of Our Lord Jesus, 2019. He also provided the voice for the American auto insurance company... All right. He also provided the <laughs> He also provided the voice for the camel for the American Auto Insurance Company Geico. And then he died. And then just died of In natural the, causes. Oh, natural causes. Natural causes. Oh, yeah. are you sure it wasn't murder? <laughs> well, he died of naturally being murdered. Would you prefer to die by murder or natural causes? Um, let's say, okay, but wait, 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 let me preface this. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're 92. I'm 92 years old. Yeah. It's been an amazing run. It's been a long haul. You got that Emmy. You got, in fact, you got like 18 of them. Wow. If you want to be remembered for 20 to 30 years, win 18 Emmys. So if like you want to be remembered forever, win 18 Emmys and, and get then murdered get murdered. By like the male Susan Lucci. Exactly. Um, so murder is my answer. Well, all right. All right. That's fair enough. Would you prefer stabbing or poison or gunshot? I'll take it quick. I'll take a quick gunshot. Are you sure you don't want to be like tied up in the basement for a long ass time? Well, uh, this is this getting very specific. <laughs> I just need to know these things from my guests. These are always the first questions we ask. I could stand to be tied up in the basement for two to three days. Okay. And then your killer says to you. Would you like a final meal? Because you, mm-hmm. the killer has not been super attentive all the time, you know. We're assuming it's well, a Well, I'm assuming that this person has been up against you mm-hmm. for, you know, decades now. So it's Peter Dinklage. Yeah. Yeah, it's Peter. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> so Peter's like, no food. But then he's like, okay, I'm about to kill you. Mm. Last meal request yeah. or no? Yeah. Breakfast burrito with French fries, please. Really? Yeah. That's all you're going with. Listen, there's no greater phrase in the English language than breakfast burrito. Well, you say that with a lot of certainty. (laughs) What would you say Mm -hmm. if you asked your wife this question and she answered cool beans? Cool beans being one of the greatest phrases in the English language? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, first of all, I'd be surprised. Um, second, a, a bit confounded and I'm rarely confounded. It's cool beans. Yeah. <laughs> what, Whoa, where do you, you laughed. Yeah. Where do that you, felt like a genuine laugh. That was because the phrase, when you really think about cool beans, those are not good beans. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants cool beans. You want hot beans. Very, very least you want room temperature beans. But if you're eating cold beans, you're at a salad bar and something has gone wrong. <laughs> Did you ever go through a phase in your life where you said that's tits? That's the tits. That's the tits. That's tits. That's tits or that's oh, the tits. Or that's the cat's ass. Or money. I don't know. I don't know about the cat's ass. I definitely went through the money phase. That's money. That's money, baby. So money, baby, and you don't even know it. When did you go through that phase in life? That would have been 1994 to 2002. 2002. That's a quite a stretch for it, money. Listen, I held on to the the wingtip shoes and the swing dancing longer than I should have. You do have a great sense of style. Thank you. I appreciate that. But the movie Swingers and uh, John Favreau and Vince were formative for me, I suppose. Okay, wait. So your favorite job outside of the entertainment industry? To watch other people do or a job that I would like to have? I was hoping that you would give us an example of a job that you had. Oh, that I have had. Yeah. But uh, flipping it around the other way. I was a tennis coach. 
And you liked that. I enjoyed that very much. Why? Time outside. Sure. Time out of doors. Molding young athletes into slightly better athletes than before I came across them. Okay. So worst job outside of the industry? Bouncer. Oh, was this Chicago? Chicago days? Chicago days. Bouncer. Okay, so you went to Loyola. Loyola Marymount University, correct. Okay, well, I'm glad that we cleared that up for mm-hmm. our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you went there, you studied acting. Correct. And then you moved to Chicago? But yeah. you were born in Sacramento. I was born just, in Sacramento. Okay, born in Sacramento, went to college down yeah. here. Sac down. Yeah, Sac down. The Bay Area. Gotcha. Back down. Okay. To Los Angeles. Were you a snobby Sacramentoian? Listen, there is nobody. No, Isaac is totally nodding. There yes. is no bigger snob Isaac than is... a Sacramentan. You can't mess with the big tomato. <laughs> Never. That's what they call Sacramento. All right. You so... wouldn't mess with it. I, I can no, feel no, you, no, no. You're Listen, trying to, but you can't. No, you can't. No, Even I if you can't. tried, I can't. My couldn't. brother is a, he's a professor at UC Davis. He is the world's only fourth generation sociologist. I'll have you know. The world's only fourth generation sociologist? Yeah. You right. come from a family no, no, no. of sociologists? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Technically, the work you do is sociology. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Or sociopathy. I don't know if I've heard that term before. No? It's like a, a sociologist that has like a pathology issue. Sociopaths. Yeah. We're sure. sociopaths. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. Okay. So Sacramento, mm-hmm. LA, Chicago. Chicago. Well, I, I got a job touring with a, a one-man Broadway show called Defending the Caveman that Isaac also toured with. Hey, dear listeners, I should let you know that Isaac is here, Chris's friend, who did this amazing you know proposal yeah. video. You've seen him. He's he. Isaac, do you want to give your last name? Isaac Lamb did Isaac a Lamb. lip-dub proposal for his girl, then-girlfriend, now-wife, now-mother of twins, named Amy, to Bruno Mars's, I think I want to marry you. Is that what it's called? I'll marry you. Marry you. Uh, and it has like 40 million views on YouTube. How and many views do you have on YouTube? Not, not that, that many. many. We are starting to click. So you were a bouncer in Chicago. Yeah, at a, at a bar across the street from a police station where all the cops came to drink after they got off work. Oh, God. Bad news for me <laughs> to try and throw down any kind of <laughs> authority. Why, why would... A bar under a bridge that caters to cops need a bouncer? It's a good question. But the only thing I knew is I needed the $100 cash per night. Right. But I'm not a fighter. That's the problem. I'm not an aggressive person and I'm not, uh, I don't know how to throw a punch, nor have I ever been hit with a punch. And so being assertive with drunk rapscallions is not in my quiver of, uh, was uh, there abilities? Were there other patrons though? That, yes. Would you let me in? What's that? Yes. You would. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know if you should. Well. Okay. So your favorite job in the industry? In this industry, that my favorite in, yeah. job that I've ever had. Yeah. Well, this is us is pretty high on that list. Why the current job I have? Yeah. Um, it's it's chock a block with wonderful people and wonderful writing and uh, comedy, plenty of uh, penis jokes and plenty of uh, serious drama. So it's, it's well balanced. Has it completely changed your life? I mean, that's a naive question. No, no. But Um, yeah, it's like I had done plenty of theater and voiceover and a little bit of TV and film in the past before that, but this is like the first big, television project that I've worked on. Do you get recognized all the time? I do. And do people assume that you uh, are a version of your character? Yeah, which is fair, actually, in this case, because I kind of am. It's not so far off. He's nodding. Isaac's nodding. We have confirmation. I love Isaac. Right, me too. Okay, who was the first person you called when you found out you booked This Is Us? Me wife. Me wife, Rachel. So you called your wife and you said, I booked... I booked this show, but here's the thing. You know how this works, right? So you book a pilot and you're like, okay, really exciting. Really exciting. I booked a pilot. I don't, it's untitled. We don't have a title. We don't, we, I, I haven't read the script yet. Uh, uh, we'll see. 
and, and there's a lot of, uh, do you find yourself in this industry, uh, delaying your gratitude or delaying your excitement? Of course you have to. Right? To your own detriment. I love it. I love, oh yes. And you're like, I'll get excited when this pilot gets picked up and then the pilot gets picked up and they're like, I'll get excited, excited when, it, when if it's a hit. It, and it doesn't get canceled. And then, oh, now it's a hit. Well, I'll get excited when it goes into syndication. And then by the time it's all done, you've not been excited about anything. How fucking depressing is that? When are we going to celebrate This Is Us? Right now. I love it. Right now. So you're fucking living your dream. I am living my dream. You're living your dream. You're like the point zero 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 one percent. It's it is that I don't know that grass is always greener thing. That's what I'm saying. Like so, so the news gets delivered in in these short, like looking back now, all of these things have happened. But the news is a slow roll in my life, right. and now our grass could not be greener. No one's grass is greener than my grass. It is amazing. mostly because my grass yeah. is astroturf, and it comes uh, a certain type of green, and you cannot dull it. You can't dull it. You cannot dull it. You don't have to water it. Even if the dog pees on it, it doesn't die. I have the greenest grass. <laughs> <laughs> when I found out I got Scary Movie, which was my first big job in LA, yeah. I remember feeling like this this whole like rainbow of emotions. It was like fear, like I'm going to get fired because I'm not funny. And then it was trying to think about how my life could potentially change. At mm-hmm. the time, it was a $13 million movie. Mm-hmm. So it probably wasn't going to change. But still that, that feeling of intense euphoria combined with intense loneliness. Sure. You know, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. And uncertainty. Mm-hmm. There wasn't anybody in my life that I could really talk to about mm-hmm. such an unexpected thing. Right. That have. I mean, I sent in a videotape of. You booked that from tape. Well, I ended up flying. That's incredible. Down, my mom gave yeah. me miles, but yeah, they were willing to see me because. Well, of yeah, that that the video. opportunity for success is is. It also presents an even greater opportunity for failure, which is terrifying. And I just felt like I wasn't, you know. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You didn't think you were ready? God, no. What were you doing before that? I had just graduated from college. I was still doing... Which college? University of Washington. (laughs) Five years. Change my major five 50, times. Yeah, five times. Yep, five times. What were they? All five. Okay, you ready? Uh huh. Drama. Drama. That's uh, where you started. Yeah. Okay. That's where I started. Drama, Greek literature. Major. Yep. Then, major in Greek literature. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah. Turns Great. out uh, that's difficult. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then I swerved over to speech communication. <laughs> Good. Good. Then comparative literature, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, what is do you also, do in comparative literature? Well, you just compare books. <laughs> You just look at some things, but apparently you also I've have got the to... illusion. What do you have? <laughs> it's like book, show, and tell. Yeah. And you swap books. Yeah, yeah. Compare. Yes. <laughs> and what was the last one? The last one was English. That was out of desperation because I had the most credits in English. So, yeah. But I was still acting. Now, I mean, all five of those link back to drama pretty, pretty well. There's only... Especially there's the Greek only stuff. one thing I can sort of do. Which is compare books? I guess so. <laughs> you act pretty great. That's sweet of you. Wait, what did you major in? Theater arts. And you were like solid the whole way? Solid the whole way with a minor in drug and alcohol <sighs> studies. It sounds like a joke, but it was an actual program. <laughs> it was a dependency program a dep- to become a dependency counselor. Wow. Yeah, like a therapist. That's impressive. Yeah. What's your middle name? Joseph. Christopher Joseph Sullivan. That is a solid-ass American name. That's right. That's right. Irish-American. 
Christopher Joseph Sullivan. Yeah. It's like the number two most popular name when I was born. Christopher. First was Michael. It's a good name. It's a solid name. Then Isaac. Isaac Joseph. Isaac Joseph. Mm-hmm. Oh, our baby Isaac. <laughs> My first boyfriend was a guy named Brent. And I always think about like, like looking down at a baby and being like, oh, Brent. <laughs> yeah, think about a, a Bruce. Yeah. Baby well, Bruce. I think like Bruce I have a friend is... named Bruce and it's a, he's a, he is one of the most handsome, tallest, statuesque men I know. And you're like, that is a Bruce. But then you think about a baby Bruce. Baby Bruce. <laughs> Baby yeah. Bruce is a hard thing to like look yeah. down a little baby and be like, I shall call him Bruce. What's the strangest thing you've seen a fellow actor do to get into character? To get into character? Yeah. I've seen someone get like blindly drunk, like fall down drunk. That was pretty uh, un- unnecessary and unhelpful. <laughs> Isaac was there. <laughs> We were in the same movie. Can can we talk about it or no? Yeah, I'll just say it was an independent movie. It was my first movie. <laughs> and, and Isaac's first movie. And we shot it for 50 grand in the deserts of Texas. And and yeah, the the actor in in story in question got very, very drunk because his character was very, very drunk. And he had forgotten that we were acting. Yeah. Yeah. When you need to play drunk, you don't get hammered. You just act like you're drunk. That's happened to me multiple times. With other actors. With other actors. Men. All men. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. The bigger transgressions Mm -hmm. for me were other things. Okay. That was the least of their sins. Yes. We can talk about that shit later. These stories that we're not telling would make great podcasts. I know. Then it has to be so annoying. Like like when you have a... (laughs) cast on your arm and there's an itch yeah and it's like who the fuck are they talking about yeah it's unimportant it, it, but the thing is, is that it is important it is oh uh, uh, yeah yeah what you know what when, yeah that's right we're in our 90s mm-hmm. and you're in the basement we'll be able to talk as much shit as we want when what is that age what is the age when you when when you no longer have to filter anything that comes out of your mouth uh, I'm going to go for me like 74, 74. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. I'll be playing like Grammy. Yeah. And you can say all kinds of weird, offensive shit. Yeah. Like, well, I'm going to tell you guys my mind. old exactly. stories. Yeah. Nobody will know who I'm talking about. And yeah. I'm just being hair and makeup. Like, well, I hate yeah. it. Like, well, yeah. God, his name was Ashton. Oh, what? <laughs> Are you in a fire? <laughs> I lived through Mount St. Helens. <laughs> I almost LaCroix this mic. Oh, I almost spit LaCroix all over this mic. I lived through Mount St. Helens. 1982. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry, I got in on Uber early. (laughs) (laughs) I love it that Isaac is here with his support. I love that. Yeah, it's like it's like we're performing a two man show for him. I know. I do so too. I keep looking. Yeah, I'm like yeah. Right, doing great. great. We're doing well. Yes, 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 (laughs) yes. Okay, wait. uh, So posters on your wall? The X Files. Okay. Was one of the posters I had. X Files came out when I was nine or ten. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah go I, on. I I I got on. I got in that early. Okay. Jillian Anderson, be still my heart. Who? Um, huge huge nerd crush on Smoking on her. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Really talented. Yeah. I had athletes. I had some tennis players on my wall. Andre Agassi. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like you could give me something a little saucier. I'm telling you the truth. I had a very neat room full of antique furniture. Why? Because that's the furniture I was given. So in Sacramento, like, 
cleanliness was next to godliness. That's everywhere in the universe. <laughs> Would your parents have been upset if you put like a Paula Abdul poster up? Rightly so. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anybody's parents should have been upset if they put a Paula Abdul poster up. I thought that all boys did that. Uh, no, not Paula Abdul. I'll tell you, I had a new kids on the block phase. You did? Yeah. Who have you fangirled over? You've had an opportunity to meet many, many people in this entertainment industry. Maybe it's not an entertainment person, but maybe you've met someone in your life who you've like lost your shit. Did you ever watch Jersey Shore? Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> this has been great. <laughs> the situation. You lost your mind. I did. I did. I was like, oh, the situation. Oh, we got to go talk to him. We gotta go talk and to you talked to him? Yeah. Yeah. And did he know who you were? Uh, yeah. Which I made you so. even, blew your mind even more. Oh, yeah. Well, I, th I yeah. think he did. It was, it was a kind of a one-sided conversation, but he told me that he, he just wouldn't stop talking. moving to Los Angeles. He's going to yeah. make it big in the film industry. He's yeah. been offered these roles. And I was like, yeah, and of course you should be. How's it's it going? going great. Yeah. It's going great. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm his manager. <laughs> his match made in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I think he'd be perfect on This Is Us. Yeah? In I what do. capacity? Well, you know, he's like the East Coast relative that... Like, oh, that shows up. Yeah, that shows up. Yeah. Hey, it's cousin situation. Yeah. <laughs> Not my, this guy again. My cousin's it, it, coming over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I hope you guys don't mind. What's his name? Situation. Wait no, a no, minute. No, no. What's his name? Situation. Wait no, I understand that we're in a predicament, but... His name is literally Situation? That's his last name. His first name is The. The. Why haven't you never told me about this guy before? Uh, you know, we're, we're rarely on the East Coast for the holidays, but, you know, he's alone. For the holidays, and nobody should be alone on Thanksgiving, so he's going to come by. Well, I sure hope he doesn't cause any trouble. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, you brought something weird, Chris. Yeah. And I really love what you brought. I mean, because it might be the weirdest thing of all. Oh, I'm so glad. I, Will I was, you describe I, to our listeners what you brought? I mean, besides Isaac, who, who's amazing. Yeah. It's a, a miniature trampoline. Which you, you brought upstairs. Mm -hmm. um, you hauled the... Mm -hmm. You told me to bring something weird. Yes. When's the last time you've seen a miniature trampoline? Yeah. Oh, gosh. In person. I, it's really so hard to So you've never gauge. seen one. So you're really confused <laughs> by this. So tell me the history with this mini trampoline. In this day and age... We have the ability to have things jettisoned to our homes at the, at the click of a button. Sometimes it's multiple cases of LaCroix, not an advertisement. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's goods. And sometimes a miniature trampoline shows up at your house and you have no idea why. My beautiful loving and wondrous partner, Rachel, had some plan for this that was never executed. I put it together, which is way harder than one might think. And so it's been in our garage and you told me to bring something and I'm so glad that you're willing to take it off my hands. Oh, we get to keep it? Oh yeah. I thought that was the point. N no, this is awesome. Yeah. So that's your trampoline now. Thank you. Yes. What? Yeah, I brought you a weird trampoline, and now it's yours oh, forever. Oh, no, nobody ever gives me their something weird. Yeah, this is for is you. Is Rachel going to be upset? I asked her, and she said no. She said this is the best thing for it. But can we go back to how you put it together? Yeah. Am I going to, is there like... Oh, no, it's solid. Don't get me wrong. It was hard to put together, but I put like... it together well. See, Isaac is, Isaac, is right, demonstrating right, it is right, safe. Right. He didn't jump Which was that brave, because he didn't actually know that when he got mm. on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so Well, thank you I'm really excited This yeah. is going to be awesome It should be a fun Listen, I tried to bounce on it And for a man of my size it's It doesn't have the The surface tension 
let's put it that way, to give to bring me pleasure. But for an individual of your petite nature, I wish you many hours of bouncing pleasure. Thank you. This is the first time. Now, you know what? You've spoiled me, Chris. Thank you. That's what I came here to do. Okay. How did you meet Rachel? Do you mind my asking? I met Rachel in Chicago, Illinois. She was producing a short film for a friend of hers who was also a friend of mine. I was an actor in said film where I said the line, Take it easy, guy. You take it easy. That was excellent. Um, I love it that you still remember. I was a short order cook. Yeah. She saw my performance. And she was and like, she I'm was in like, love. Wow. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Wow. Um, no, we, we were both seeing other people at that time, and uh, there was no spark, no magic, what? no nothing. What? I bet there was. There wasn't. Literally not an ounce of it. And no. then four months later, four months later, are you mm. staying with me? Kind of. I just don't believe you. We went to the director's birthday and the director came up to me and said, hey, guess what? Rachel Reichert is single now. And I said, who's that? And he said, my producer. And I said, which one? And he said, her. And pointed, and she was wearing uh, little tiny shorts and a Ooh. and a tube top and a wig because we were at a birthday party it? and the theme was getting wiggy with it. Do you understand, understand the reference? No. In the 1900s, yes, there was an actor. I uh, love history. An actor rapper. Yes. Uh, a hip hop rapper. Uh, I don't think the two named, should cross over. Fair I don't enough, know. Fair enough. But few few were able to do it, and this one was royalty. He was a prince. And he was the Fresh Prince. Of, prince from where? From Bel Air. No. Yep. Yeah, and he had a song. Uh, I don't live about in Bel Air. Getting jiggy. Wit, oh, wit, wit it. Now, what does that mean? I'm pretty jiggy. sure it has to do with shacks. Sex. Shacks. Shacks with an H. Shacks. Sex with an S C H. Yes. <laughs> um, and so the pun you see is that see. we were getting wiggy with it. Oh. And people were wearing wigs. I've had five different majors. I don't know what's going on. One of them was not comparative hip hop history. No. Okay, wait. Because we have a bit of a relationship show to some degree. This is. Everything something... is about relationship, I suppose. Yeah, but, but this is a. A tricky area for me because I've gone through two divorces mm -hmm. now. I'm in an amazing relationship. Mm -hmm. I do want to talk to everybody about these things that I don't really know much about. But I, I also feel that I want to protect things in a way that sure. I hadn't considered before. Yeah. And no, those boundaries are important. But it is difficult to, because I want our listeners to know who I am. And I want to be honest and upfront. But it also feels like, am I letting too much scrutiny? Sure. Or, I, I mean, yeah. You no, know. I know what you mean. Like, I just started a quote-unquote relationship podcast myself. And there are certain things that I don't talk about in order to protect my coupleship right. with Rachel. Right. I speak respectfully about my past or about Rachel or about anybody else. And, and we don't owe anybody anything. 
You know, we can well, be as honest as we want to be. They don't have a right to. I agree with you to a certain degree because I do think that I owe my listeners uh, because I attempt to give advice that's usually not great or whatever. But uh, so I owe them my own honesty if they're being honest with me. Sure. And but that's been a trickier uh, territory for me. And um, yeah, I could see how that would be I'm tricky. Still, I'm still kind of figuring out all of that. But you bring your experience to every situation and that experience is valuable in and of itself. There's no right or wrong to your experience. It's just what you've experienced. Yeah. Will you tell us, Chris, um, your worst date? Um, I'm trying to think like worst date. I was like a, a serial monogamist for a long time. So it wasn't a lot of like dating. It was like, oh, hi, we get along. Let's date for four years. So I'm trying to think of uh, like a worst date scenario. Um, there was one date back when I lived in Chicago where I had had finally earned a little bit of money and I thought, oh man, this is a nice lady. We're going to do it up tonight. First date. Go big. We're going to go to Ruth's Chris. She gets a filet mignon. Yeah. She goes big. And I go big. And I can't afford this. I shouldn't be doing this. You get like a New York. I probably went ribeye. I like a well-marbled. There was nothing particularly stand out about this, except it was just the oversharing of all of the bad things. Like she kept just throwing out like the long list of like violent relatives, brothers in jail. So I want the filet mignon, but like kind of medium done. Yeah, let's do it up. Let's do it up. Thank you for... Oh my God. No, this here. is awesome. I know we're coming from like, different sides I know, of town. I know. Um, I also would love, I mean, they have the best scallop potatoes here. Uh, yeah. No, we're going to. spinach. Yeah. Sir, can we, can we also please have the, the scallop potatoes and the, and the oh my God. cream spinach? Do you know and, the oysters Rockefeller are incredible here? Uh, so I've good. never, I've never had that. What oh is my that? God, they're the best. What is they're that? The best with champagne. What? It's like a baked oyster with spinach and cream on top. Oh my God. It's so good. Do you have, you do let's we'll get have the an souffle. order. Do you have to order it early? Do if we want the grand manier, the hours? chocolate? <laughs> uh, uh, just the chocolate. Maybe both. Souffle would be great. Let's do both. Anyways, where are you from? Well, I, okay. Well, <laughs> That is a crazy question. <laughs> uh, nope. No, it's not. Um, so, okay. So I was born in Dallas mm-hmm. and then uh, my parents moved to Santa Fe. That is crazy. And then, um, and then we moved to Denver and, um, and then we, uh, then we moved to Utah, the Salt Lake City area. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then I ended up in Los Angeles and mm. now I'm here, you know. Yeah. That's... So tell me your story. Where can I uh, drop you off? <laughs> I'm supposed to be meeting friends of mine. Oh, so you have like major time management issues. Yes. Mm. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's fine. It's so, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's um, that's how it went. Almost so, verbatim, which is weird. <laughs> okay, here's the part where we call people. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. I, I've been having such a good time, I forgot. I get some people I want to call, too. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a caller from Utah and she mm-hmm. says my husband and I have been together for almost nine years and have two wonderful young children I love him very much but we never have sex never it says all caps we never have had a comfortable sex life we grew up Mormon mm. and since have left religion I don't know if the issue is that he was very sheltered or if he is just not interested I feel like we are good friends that are roommates that mm-hmm. co-parent mm-hmm. He is such a great person and a great dad, but I just feel so alone most of the time. There is no romance and very little affection, minus the kiss before work. We don't have great communication, and I know this is one of the biggest issues, but when I do bring it up, it just gets uncomfortable, and he doesn't seem to care. He's on antidepressants, as am I, 
I know that that could be one of the causes, but when it comes down to it, he has never been that into it. I never thought it would be a big of an issue. I'm starting to feel terrible about myself. I recently went to a concert and was given a lot of attention from a guy and felt so alive for a minute. I don't want to be that person, and I would never have an affair, but it made me realize how much I crave that attention and need to feel wanted. Oh, my God. That is such a common thing. Yeah. Don't you think, mm-hmm. Chris? Absolutely. It's okay. very sad. Well, let's talk to her. But 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 it's common, right? It's very common. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Hello? Hi. Is this Lolly? Lolly. Hi, it's Anna. Hi. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm good. Just told myself I would only give myself 10 seconds of being a fan, girl. <laughs> oh, I love you for that. And I love you for your question. <laughs> you should know that you are here with Chris Sullivan. And he's oh, another fangirl moment. <laughs> so we were just read, reading over your letter, which is so well written and very relatable. But will you sum it up for us? Yeah. So, and hopefully this all comes out making sense. <laughs> yeah. So my, my husband and I, we've been, we've been together nine years. We have two kids, you know, a pretty, pretty good relationship altogether. You know, he's a great dad and very considerate and understanding. And, um, and I don't, I don't know how relevant this is, but I think as background, like we both grew up as Mormons. And got married as Mormons and all of that, but as of mm. two years ago, we um, removed our names from their records. We uh, left religion in general, and so it's been a lot of mental shifts for us, for sure. Um, there's a lot of shame culture in in that religion, um, especially about sex, and it, I think that kind of lingers. What was the impetus of leaving? Um, well, there's there's a lot in that. Yeah, I know. That Maybe it's too that, much. You don't have to answer. Oh no, 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 no. There's. I mean, it was a mutual I decision. On on about that forever. <laughs> yeah, it, it was mostly. It was mostly him just finally being honest with me and saying, "I don't believe this." Hmm. And me, um, he didn't push me anyway at all. He just said, "I don't believe this, but I'll support you if you want to go." And then I kind of just went down a rabbit hole of learning a lot of things that I hadn't known before, and and so we were pretty fortunate to get out together as opposed to trying to have a mixed face yeah. marriage. So yeah. it was a really good thing for us that I thought would fix a lot of things that it didn't fix, I guess, um, because of all the, the shaming in, in Mormonism and the, um, I'm sure you guys know what I'm referencing when I say turn it off culture. <laughs> like, hmm. um, yeah. I was kind of hoping it would help with the intimacy, but we, I mean, at this point, have there's just no connection that way, like beyond being friends and roommates that have kids and love our kids and love each other. But he doesn't really see it so much as a problem. And I'm really not great at the communication (laughs) or the words, obviously. (laughs) But um, it's just not an easy conversation to talk about. A couple of my girlfriends have expressed to me about how uh, their boyfriends or husbands have not wanted to have sex. And we've been kind of raised in this culture. We've talked about this a little bit before on the podcast where men are supposed to be sort of the aggressors. And when we as women get denied how we're not socially adjusted to it. Mm Mm-hmm. So it hurts us ego-wise on a different level. Hmm. Yeah, and so when when you don't get that ever, and then randomly out of the blue, somebody will give you that kind of attention. Oh, it's my God. Like, it's so heady. It's, it's like so intoxicating. Completely. Yeah, and it, it's terrifying just because, like, I've... And I'm sure you know, as being a mom, like sometimes you you get in this zombie mode where you're like, you oh fuck yeah, am I a person? Am I even a person right now? Like I have no connection to any human being, pretty much, and I'm just running around like a crazy person doing mommy things. And so then somebody pays attention to you in a different way, and it's like, oh, I forgot how much I need this. It feels so good, <laughs> and I'm I'm sure for men it feels the same way, right? Yeah, it feels really good to yeah, think- to feel attractive. Yeah, we're. I think we're all seeking 
whether or not it's there are certain different levels that are, are healthy or unhealthy. We're all seeking approval. We're all seeking validation. We're all seeking um, connection. We want to feel yeah. <laughs> we want to feel like we are loved and that we are uh, desirable and, and and all of these things. And, and it can be it can certainly yeah, be exactly. tricky. And it's very it's very isolating yeah. to not yes. feel that. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the part of relationships where when people say relationships take work, like in my opinion, that this is where actual things have to be done. Like we all kind of assume mm-hmm. that things will take care of themselves and that things will just happen. And it's just in my in my experience, my own personal experience in friends and family, like it's just not the case. And so it's, it's, you know, it sounds like you want to take action here. And I, I'm a big advocate of therapy. I have my own therapist. He's, he's not, uh, my husband's not a big therapy person. We tried once and he kind of thinks it's a waste and, and I, I'm, yeah. I don't know where to go from there because I'm like, I'm not a therapist. I can't communicate well about this. Yeah. How do I fix it? <laughs> yeah. I have a personal therapist. My wife and I go to couples therapy. The culture of therapy out here in, in Los Angeles yeah. might be a little more prevalent than it is in other places. Yeah. How it's kind of hard here to find one that's not Mormon and <laughs> yeah. doesn't have those yeah. views. So that's a challenge. Yeah. Can I ask you a few things about your husband? Sure. Absolutely. Is he a kind person? Yes, definitely. Is he a good father? Mm-hmm. Does he make you laugh? Yeah. <laughs> um, what? I just sensed the hesitancy. And I well, don't... let's ask about it then. Well, oh. but I love the questions you're asking, but I also don't want... Maybe they're in a place in their lives when they haven't been able to make each other laugh that much. Oh, there's certainly those those times. And that's okay, too. I'm... Those aren't necessarily, I'm not, I'm not laying out prerequisites. I'm just trying to get an idea of, of where you guys are currently. And I mean, I feel like, like we enjoy time together. We, um, I mean, most of the time, a a lot of times I feel like it's just kind of dead air, but you know, we, we enjoy at least, you know, watching movies and we, we enjoy playing with our kids together. But then I feel like that's where it ends. And it's, it's just like. Uh, it's a scary thing for me to think that that there may never be passion in my life again. Living a life with no sex pretty much forever is kind of a big deal. Yeah. Can you tell him, like, babe, no more talking. I need you to fuck me. Can you tell him that? <laughs> That's the problem, I think, is that we're just not there um, comfort-wise anymore. Like, our communication has gotten so bad yeah. and our awkwardness in regards to sex has gotten so bad that it's like, yeah, it's not that kind of relationship anymore. Which, oh, and, and I am kind of that kind of person. I'm, I like to, you know, just be fun about it. You know, just do it, you know, like, but it, we don't have that together and I don't know how to, to help him get that or help us the, I don't know, the thing, figure each other out. Yeah. <laughs> the thing that I've learned about, marriage and and relationship and what it means to love someone over the last few years. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. For, for a long time, I had a very selfish idea of what, what I love you meant. You know, it even starts with I. It's all, it's all self-focused. Mm-hmm. And to, to love someone mm-hmm. is to make them feel like the, the best version of themselves. 
to love someone is to make space for them. It's to make space for them to, to feel safe, to, to share their feelings, to speak their mind, to, uh, you know, strive and reach for their goals, all of these things. And essentially what it comes down to is a basic give and take of, I express my needs and my partner agrees that since my needs are important, that they will help meet those needs. And so if you have a need and, and your partner can't meet it, that's not a loving <laughs> exchange. It is an interesting thought experiment to say, what does my life look like without this person? What does my life feel like without this person? Because that can oftentimes gives me a lot of perspective on my, where I'm grateful, where things are good, where things are going well. But yeah, if you can't lay this out for him and be like, listen, this is not a negotiation. <laughs> like I need this. <laughs> and so we need to figure out a way for this to happen or something has to, something else has to change. And, and maybe if you yeah. have a, a family support system, something that you could consider is like going on a road trip by yourself for like three days or whatever. And the the reason why I suggest this is because I wonder if that makes your husband um, sort of value all that you do. I'm the one that usually is going out, going to take trips to see my sister and, and doing all these things. And, and he'd rather just be at home playing on the phone or something, you know, like obviously he also helps with the kids a lot and is amazing in all those ways. And so it's, it's just like, I feel like I'm in some ways I'm feeling maybe I'm just selfish or why maybe I'm making too big of a deal out of it. Or no, no, you need to feel physical affection. Everybody does. But we need it as babies. We need it as adults. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a way that you could, um, have the kids stay with a family member and you two could go to, I don't know, but you know what I mean? Like, is that a practical solution? I, I think it, it would be, but I don't know that it's even like, I don't care about sex. It could very well be a physical thing. And so I brought up, you know, please go maybe get testosterone tested because I, if that's the case, it's not his fault. But it's still something has to be yeah, done because it's making me crazy. And, I'm, you know, I'm starting to feel like a robot. <laughs> and you mentioned in your letter that you're both currently on antidepressants. Is that is that still the case? Yeah, I'm I'm no longer on them now. Actually, I'm working on um, trying to not be on them. Yeah. But, yeah, he is. He's on, on an antidepressant that. And it's fairly recent. I mean, we've never had a lot so, of sex right. life. So that's not, it, it, was, it was this way long before the medication. Yeah, it's just gotten worse with the antidepressants. Like, And I think, and I don't know if it's just because now that's a good excuse to have or I don't know. But, you know, I, I thought low testosterone levels can cause depression. So that may be the, the yeah. underlying cause of everything. Does and he smoke a lot of weed? Just, oh, no. No, he doesn't. That's, that's more me and more of the, you know, you're, you're allowed to have these feelings. You're allowed to ask to have your needs met and that's the bottom line. Yeah. And you, and, and you deserve to be with someone who, who wants to help you meet those needs no matter what. Yeah. And no matter what it takes, if it takes four different therapists, all right, maybe that what, you know what, maybe that wasn't <laughs> the right therapist. Then there's another one. Then there's another one. Then there's support groups. Then there's, there are a ton of things to try. Yeah, I mentioned make, like going on a retreat, like a couple's like yeah. a, a Gottman Institute retreat or something. But the Gottman the Gottman series is incredible. <laughs> the Gottman book is yeah. incredible. My wife and I did did one of those a little while ago, it was, and it was a good time. But he has to be willing, or else what's the? If it's just you yeah, that's wanting all part. these things, <laughs> yeah, I know it could be scary. Yeah, um, so it's so much scarier with with kids too. But they're gonna be. Fine. I mean, you like truly the the more that you look out for yourself, the better they will be. I, I really believe that. And same thing with your husband and to have you be in a happy place and him be in a happy place, no matter what happens, that is the best outcome for the kids. 
And once you get to like fucking 50, they forget about you anyway, or even before then. <laughs> so it doesn't fucking matter. Mine are five and three, so they're still kind of attached yeah. to my hip. <laughs> I don't have kids, but I have, I have many friends who do. And maybe Anna, you can speak to this, but it's more important for the kids to see yeah. parents as happy people yeah. not together than miserable yes. people together. Oh, 100%. And again, we're, and again, I'm not advocating that you go in and, and just split up, but there, but no, uh, no on, definitely that would be a last resort. Right. Thing. But ironically <laughs> enough, that as a thought process to, to present that in a way to, to your partners to be like, if you can't meet, if you can't meet these goals, that's a problem. That's a deal breaker. Like, I don't want to live my life without physical affection. Yeah. That gives somebody a different thing to think about yes. than, than just turning you down for, yes. for sex. Yes, completely. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> because I understand the shame spiral that you're both in, too. Because the longer you go, the worse <laughs> it gets. The longer you go, the harder it gets to talk about. But over the course of this podcast, mm -hmm. which I've been doing for a few years, it, we've had this odd thing where um, a lot of young women have called in about sexual issues with their, their partner, like their partner doesn't want to have sex with them or mm -hmm. whatever. But it's also, is it also a product of the culture of the porn culture, the easy yeah. access yeah. Like, that makes you think, what is wrong with me? <laughs> right. There's nothing wrong with you, by the way. Things change and your relationship will change and people want to pretend mm -hmm. like it's going to stay the same forever and they're surprised when it doesn't. So both people have to be willing to adapt. Yeah. Oh gosh, this feels like, uh, I can't, I know, I, I don't know if we gave you any helpful advice. Oh no, it's, it's definitely helpful. I mean, even just to, you know, to know that it's a valid thing and that I'm not just like, you're not alone. Like we were talking about yeah. this before we called yeah. you, like you have yeah. to understand you are in a very, uh, common situation. Uh, and I know that the word exciting is not the right word to use, but there's an opportunity for you here to be honest about what you're feeling and see what happens. Thank you guys for, for talking to me and letting me fangirl for a minute about how amazing you both are. I even wrote down, they're just really cool people. Chill out. <laughs> Lolly, you're, <laughs> you. you're a really cool person. I love you. Thank you so much. Yes. Please, Thank you, please Lolly. keep in touch. And make, yes, make your husband go fucking down on you and let us know how it goes. <laughs> I will. I, I will you. give you details. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. You gave the most amazing advice. What are you talking about? You did. Couples therapy. Yeah, yeah I guess what, that's what it is, right? Christopher Joseph Sullivan, thank you so much for being here. This has been really fun. Do you want a for me. case of LaCroix? I would love a case of LaCroix. This has been the Honor Ferris Podcast, and I'm unqualified. Ah, the souffle is here. <laughs> <laughs>feedback for us or a similar story that might help someone to hear please write or record your experiences and send an email to anna at unqualified.com or you can send a letter or postcard to unqualified p.o box 528 antioch street that's spelled a-n-t-i-o-c-h pacific palisades california 90272 thank you